Um, all right. Uh, I know we've talked before. It was, God, it had to be a while ago now because it was back. You guys were touring at the time. We actually got to do it in person. Back when you were in Detroit. You remember that show? I do. Nails Nails Tour? Or, yeah. Yeah, Nails Tour. Yeah, that was quite a while ago. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what year, but it was right after the album came out. So whatever year that was. Yeah, 2019, I guess that would have been. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds about right. Something like so, that. Yeah, a long time since then. Yeah, you know, we've just been uh, trucking along since then. We were, we were going pretty heavy at that time, playing out and trying to do everything. And then, you know, COVID and all that kind of just put a plug in the whole situation. But when, it, you know, we always were trying, we didn't think we were going to find ourselves so soon in a situation where it was like, shit, well, we got to start thinking about another album already. And so, you know, we, we had finished the realms album and it was like, okay, we send it to relapse. It comes out. We're trying to, you know, do tours. We all work and now we have kids and wives and all these things. So we don't tour like full time or anything, but we try to, we, we take the opportunities that, are most self-fulfilling that might not always be the biggest tour but it's we get the opportunities for big tours but it's going to require a lot of work for us to make it happen so we kind of we take the tours where we you know we really are friendly with the bands on the tour we like the bands and stuff like that but we do it when we can but it's like okay shit now we're not playing any shows we're not doing anything let's try to write and we had been writing a little bit but i'd say around the time the covid like really kicked into gear we had like maybe like three or four songs done like for the new album and it was like well what the fuck do we do now because there's no reason to put out an album right now some some bands might disagree you know a lot of bands at the time tried to rush and put out albums because they weren't doing anything else mm -hmm. and they some bands really wanted to stick to their kind of two to three year album cycles and stuff like that but uh, you know for us because we don't tour and stuff a lot of the satisfaction from doing all this work comes from playing shows and stuff like that so if we put on all this effort to make an album and then we can't play a show or anything and uh, it kind of just gets lost the album gets lost in the weeds because a year goes by and we don't get to play it or anything it just wasn't didn't seem great to us so we kind of just sat back for a little bit my guys were writing zach and john were writing here and there but eventually it got to the point where okay we have a whole album written things were kind of clearing up out in the world you know it was just kind of on the cusp of all that and it was like all right i hadn't written a thing for the album personally at that mm. point so it was like okay let's just record what we have so we recorded all the instrumentals of the of the new album and by the, when we had all that done and that took months because we were only recording uh, a day or two on the weekend every other weekend or every three weekends because of people's work and stuff so that took over a few months of time we we banged that out but then i had we had a record that was basically finished with no vocals and uh at the time because just because of you know everything that was going on for the last like several years i was like man i just feel shitty i wasn't feeling inspired at all and i was having a rough time 
writing lyrics and um, my, then my wife got pregnant and, you know, I was mm-hmm. kind of focusing on that a little bit more and it just kind of, it, it became tough for, uh, for a time. So basically almost a year went by before I had put anything down on the recording which is pe- people are like, oh man, it's been five years. It's been five years. Like, yeah, it could have been out like, you know, three years ago, but yeah, we just, the, the, the feeling wasn't right. We had things going on and eventually it got to the point where I asked my drummer, Paul to help me out. So he was writing lyrics and, you know, we were collaborating and we managed to get it done and we really wanted it to come out this year. And I, I was like, damn, all right. We really needed to come out in the year 2023 because we had all these other things planned. So, you know, I, fin- I, my goal was to finish recording all the vocals. I record all the vocals here, just in the other room mm. here. And I just, I was like, okay, I just want to get this done before the baby comes. So I finished the vocals up like, right before the baby came and then we just kind of shopped it around to see about mixing and stuff and we had some people we talked to like a bunch of different engineers about mixing in and we're just going through the motions and all that normal crap but yeah we 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 managed to get it done and uh here we are now two weeks two weeks away from it right yeah that's got to feel good after all that time i mean it makes sense though man i mean i've got a four-year-old so i mean i get uh how things change a little bit after a kid's around how old is yours uh she's about not she's gonna be nine months this week oh yeah so it's busy as hell and (laughs) (laughs) that's the thing it's just you know she's been very good the baby she you know not to get too deep into it but it's she's been very good to us since she was born she sleeps she's been sleeping through the night basically for her entire existence oh, that's amazing yeah you know, so it's it's good to it's good in the sense that it kind of gives us and myself a little bit of freedom to kind of get some of this stuff done you know and she's not too rough on my wife when i have to go play a show or go to practice or something so that's been nice and uh, obviously you know just having her around is great but it's uh it is definitely a change you know in your in your whole situation but it's been yeah. i've really enjoyed it so far yeah. it's just you got to learn to navigate things you know with her included or with you know with the baby or the oh, kid yeah. included and everything and it's wild too because uh it's like you get every year it's like you have to learn how to do it a little differently as far as navigating the rest of life because it's like i'm sure you already figured it out but it's like that first year whatever they've got their certain naps or there's certain times where you might have you can do this or that and then like next year that just changes or they're sleeping at night and they're not i mean it's just like oh now that i'm like now mine's doing like sports a little bit you know so it's like there's another thing and i only have one kid i mean i can't even imagine me if someone has like (laughs) multiple kids i mean trying to get shit done but uh yeah, so I mean that's cool that you made it happen. <laughs> I'm a little. I, I was a little slightly older when I had her. You know, my wife's a few years younger than me, but I was 30. You know when she was born. So yeah, you know my wife's on me again for another one. Yeah. So <laughs> it, you know, we'll, we'll make it happen. Uh, I you know I, I do enjoy having her. So I can imagine you know two is obviously yeah, at work, but I have buddies. They have two kids. You know they make it happen it's i'm not, i'm not worried about it oh, i think just, it's worth it i'm yeah, trying to I think so yeah. I'm to, she's so young still she's only nine months you know so it's like i'm trying to enjoy this time with her now before i jump head first you know into another one but yeah it's uh 
it's definitely an experience and you know it's yeah. cool it's cool because i already like with the new album i was thinking of like ways to i really wanted to like include her on the album somehow or i always had this like fantasy where i could get her included in the album in some way so uh, for example like on the new record um on the very last track from nothingness to eternity uh the track kind of ends and fades out and it's it's kind of like a long fade out to the end and there's like it hits like 15 20 seconds of silence and then it starts to pick back up out of the silence and it it's kind of this like whoosh, 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 type of thing and there's a heartbeat going behind it and it's going that heartbeat sound is actually one that i recorded uh, of her when my wife was still pregnant with her uh, i recorded it with this device right here in the house that's right uh, and i was able to put it on the album because there's like a there's a synchronicity you know with infinite psychic depths being the prequel and you know in narrative to the realms album so the last track on infinite psychic depths and the first track on on realms you know have a kind of a, an overlap so like the noise that you're hearing at the end of from nothingness to eternity is actually like the first 15 seconds of vortex of thought the first song mm. on realms playing in reverse so it sounds okay. kind of crazy yeah and it's like I, I did all these like crazy things to try to like like connect them and you know have this synchronicity across them that because we, we were we got so heavily involved like in the narrative of the albums and stuff and I really wanted these two albums to like have this like major crossover. I actually just got back yesterday from a uh, vacation. And I, as soon as I walked through the door, I had a bunch of boxes in the living room uh, that were the, our, co our personal copies of the new record. So just yesterday, I saw the records, you know, with my own two eyes for the very first time. And they, uh, they, they turned out pretty great. I, ha I have a couple. Uh, on yeah, the let's see it. So. There she is, right oh, there yeah. in the flesh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it turned out good. This is a tricolor merge. Yeah, this is like a the one of the out of a hundred, one of the rarer colors, I guess. You know, one of yeah, these ones. yeah. But, you know, there's there's a lot to it. It's just the, and you know, like stuff like this, like um, this slab right here that the guy's holding. That's actually the small version of this. Mm. so this is like the close-up yeah ver, you know version of what he's holding on the front it's all it's all got it all That's connects cool. and it all comes together and stuff like that it's just it's, it's deep yeah yeah there's a lot to it and i hope that people will sit down with the with the sleeve and the lyrics and kind of listen through and i hope that they can have an experience with it that's you know that's what is I there like any bands that you uh kind of like uh, I don't know. Now nah, I'm not saying like that uh, you were going off of with that, but that you as a listener like appreciated their whole like because you're doing the whole package, which I I love that the sound because all tying together with the story and then the visuals, it's all kind of coming together. Any bands that you kind of appreciated that uh, kind of did that well? Yeah, the, off the top of my head, there's just a couple things that I just in the moment that come to mind. One being um, the last two mold album. Uh, the planetary clairvoyance album when we we had played with tomb mold before um at the, some festival in the midwest and this is we were friendly with them but this was before we had ever like ever approached derek about like playing with us or anything and they had just put out Cl planetary clairvoyance and they had this little booklet 
that you could only get from them at the show and they were putting it in the in the record sleeve mm, and it cool. was like it was like a little 12 maybe like a or like a 10 by 10 booklet and it had all these it had an illustration for each track on the record with lyrics and stuff and it was just like it was a it, it elevated everything you can listen to the songs you can read the lyrics but then just have this booklet and have more artistically to go along with the tracks and everything i really liked that i really love when bands do something to elevate you know what they do blood incantation does that a lot too mm. they they kind of have little pieces that go along with with what they do artistically and stuff it, it, it's the packaging is always great i always tell people that i think the packaging and the artwork is just as important as the music itself because it it's another it's just another level to what you're doing if you just handed somebody you know a 12 inch disc you know with no sleeve and no art and no labels and it was black vinyl they're gonna be like okay i have no idea what the hell's going on here yeah. and it's like you can you know nowadays this isn't necessarily the case but i wish it was which is that back in the day you used to have to you didn't have spotify you didn't have youtube you didn't have all this streaming shit and you had to go to a record store you had to flip through you know stacks and stacks and stacks of cds and cassettes and vinyl and whatever and you saw something you said this looks cool or i read this band's name and this band's you know liner notes etc and it's like okay i need to take a risk on buying this i don't know what it sounds like but i'm going to take a shot at it and the best way to capture people and sell yourself is they see it before they hear it most of the time you know mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i always i always thought that was really important it's true man i was i told you i was talking to uh chris from autopsy and we were talking about uh on the flip side of that you know their album shit fun which you know what i mean like you see that cover first and like so many people were like just you know forget that one you know what i mean just because uh, of the cover sure. You yeah. know what I mean? So well, that's it's a like sh shock factor type of thing. But that, <laughs> yeah. that 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 comes with the territory, you know, sure. of the style of music. And that's the thing: a metal fan will see that and be like, "Yeah, this is cool. I gotta get this." You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I would do. <laughs> yeah, I know for and sure. That's a, and it's that's the thing. Sometimes you know, some people are purists about metal and they want to keep non-metal heads away from their stuff. Right. You know? Not necessarily that that's what they were trying to do, but I'm sure it happens. Yeah, and but it just shows like the importance of it. I mean, because he was just saying like a lot of people just kind of didn't even want to listen to it just because of that. You know sure, what I mean? Sure. And uh, I mean, it's, I think it's true. You know, certain albums just have the cover and it just makes like, you know, maybe you wouldn't have checked it out if it wasn't for that, you know? And I mean, obviously it's all about the sound of it. But I was talking to somebody else about this one time too. And it's like certain covers, it's like if you, as long as you see it first, when I'm like when I'm listening to a, an album, I it's kind of like it's it's in there then, and it almost like colors the music a little bit. Sure. Like even if you don't get to the lyrics, it still kind of colors it. And I, don't, I can't think of a great example from maybe like something this year, but I don't know. Just it's, I think it's important. If I was making one, I would be spending a lot of time on everything on that uh, packaging because I think it does impact the way you hear it. You know, it, beyond it maybe just does. like the selling factor or whatever else. You know. You see, you see a piece of artwork, you know, or a piece of album art, and you, it, it, it evokes something in you that you tend to relate to the music, or you think, okay, you look at an album cover and you say, okay, I know what this band's going to sound like, you know, that happens a lot, maybe in like black metal or like weird like folk metal stuff. A lot of the album art looks very similar and stuff, so it, it kind of almost is like a marker 
uh, for like what you're going to listen to but it's also like uh, if you're listening to the music the artist really wanted you to have a specific like piece of imagery in mind you know at least for us that's that's what i always wanted to do for us mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i wanted to ask too um you guys have so many cool uh guest spots on this one um i mean geez man like steve <laughs> tucker on it i mean you got to do an album with steve tucker on it i mean that's like that yeah, uh, right there uh, alone is, is so sick. So pretty unbelievable. <laughs> it, what did it, you do? Like when you, um, like, like for him, for example, did you give him an idea of what you wanted, or you just like do your thing over this spot, or how did you go about that? So there was a uh, there was a song when we were writing it. We always just used to call it morbid or morbid something, and we it was always morbid something in the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as a working title and it was just kind of like a gateways kind of steve tucker era like stompy type of song and we were like i I was we were getting close to the end of recording and stuff and i was like man i wonder who like i always like to have guests on the album i didn't do it so much on realms because we were kind of in a time crunch when we were recording realms but this time we didn't really have anything stopping us so or you know constraining our time so we kind of came up with a couple ideas uh of some people we may like to have on it based on partially based off of like the sound and style of the song and just people that we liked and there's some parts on some of the songs where i'm like man i I don't know what to do over this part and i hear it and it's i can hear like another person from another band like doing it Mm. and i'm like yeah this is like a perfect part for them so like on the track we just released um pillars of dust with jr from pig destroyer that part that he did his vocals over is like a really weird like dissonant like kind of grindy part and i was like yeah this is perfect for him we had become friendly with it with those guys a lot over the last few years we played this place called adroit uh it's like a brewery with their day of darkness festival and jr was there and he bought shirts from us and i'm just like oh you know he's <laughs> buying shirts from us and he's watching us play and you know we so i was shooting the shit with them for a bit and then we just became like really friendly with them over time and then like we toured with like adam jarvis with misery index and stuff so we, mm-hmm. we kind of just we crossed paths with them a lot over the years and we played there like two nights and in, in baltimore at the metro gallery uh with them when they were doing like uh, specific album shows but uh so yeah that one i just texted him I said, hey, JR, like, would you want to do this? And so he went in uh, with Scott Hall, I guess, to his studio oh, and okay. re- recorded it. That was easy. Boom. Did you tell him what you wanted, though, or, or like lyrics yeah, or, or so whatever? We gave him the lyrics. Uh, I always ask them, do you want to write the lyrics or yeah. do you want me to give them to you? Because if because some people don't necessarily, some, some people, this isn't very often, but it does happen where you give them lyrics and it's just like not working for their style. Mm-hmm. It, it's some, sometimes they feel better and they can write to the, to, to really showcase their, the best parts of what they do, you know, when yeah, you let, yeah. when you let them write it. So I would just give them all the rest of the lyrics and say, you know, fill in the, fill in the gap here. But uh, he, he took the lyrics from us and he did a great job with that. And then we had Steve Tucker. So Steve Tucker was like, we we always are just like such big fans of morbid that it was always like okay we were like let's get a trey solo on the album yeah. like let's get a steve tucker vocal on the album yeah. and so uh, 
I, I emailed someone at Relapse and I was like, hey guys, um, I'd really love to try to get Steve Tucker on this album. Uh, do you like know anyone like who has contacts like with Morbid or with like anyone at their label or anything? And they were like, we can do it for you because uh, I wanted them to do it because if they sent like email over, it would be like mm-hmm. way seem like way more legit, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was trying to do it like as legitimately as possible so they would take it seriously. Yeah. And they were like, dude, you should just message them. It, it he'll appreciate it that it's coming oh. from from you directly. So yeah. I went on. I went on to Steve Tucker's Instagram and I messaged him. And like like three or four days later, he messaged me back and was like, "Yeah, dude, I'd love to." I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" And then I was like, "All right, we got to get this done like fast before he like changes his mind." Yeah. Or yeah. like you know something happens. So I messaged him back right away. I was like, "Hey, like we'll cover like the cost like of studio time or anything. Do you want lyrics or whatever?" So he said he would use our lyrics, but I had to record like a guide track. Yeah. So I had to record the vocals and send the clip to him. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, you know, I, I was like sending him my vocals and stuff. <laughs> and so I sent it to him and like, two, it took him like, like two days later it hit our inbox. He was like, Hey, I, I, I I'll see if I can pull up his email here. It's, it's really funny because he has a really, the, the vocals, he, his vocals he, has a, <laughs> he has a super funny tagline on his, like a permanent tagline on oh. his, um, <laughs> where the hell is it he's so cool man i just saw them live this year and just man that dude just he just puts out such good vibes you know when you see him live i love that guy well he 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 was just like he does it i mean yeah i mean he's incredible but it's like he's so like in like messages on instagram and stuff he's so like it's like really intimidating almost <laughs> i'm trying like to straight see just like yeah he's just like straightforward yeah, like, yeah no yeah. bullshit okay here it is i found his email i'm not going to read what his email is on here yeah. but it, it, his email is really funny <laughs> and he here it is he said uh where is it can't wait to listen blah, blah, blah basically uh, i don't know where the fuck it is but he, he's basically was like um he's like yeah I, I sent all these he's like i sent this i did three vocal tracks this one this one and this one and like these two should like be here and like this is like the evil one so you want this one to be like louder than this one and i was like okay and he, the tagline on his emails and it, it's at the bottom of every single email it just says i will always be st steve tiger <laughs> <laughs> he is funny but he's very nice and yeah. super, super cool so he sent that that was the steve tucker one was actually the first one that i got for the whole album uh finished that's so cool then we had uh alex from undeath uh he he did some vocals on one of the tracks uh it's called palisite chambers track nine mm-hmm. that tracks like a like a short quick fun like carcass kind of sounding one real groovy kind of thing yeah um so it was like undeath has that vibe like across a lot of their stuff and i had kind okay. of, we had, i had been getting friendly with those guys at the time they they kept coming and playing the venue they were doing these tour packages that kept coming and playing the venue here near us in reading pa uh where like we don't get a lot of like big tour packages there or like metal tour packages and they played there twice in like a short span and uh their newer bass player tommy i had been friends with him and some of his other bands and so he was hitting me up for looking for a place to stay and stuff so i had them crashed here in my house 
and uh i was just kind of i was like hey you want do you want to do this you know he's like yeah yeah so he he did that for me uh and then kind of a lesser known one on there this this is kind of the last vocal contribution that we got was a uh from this girl her name is tabby and uh yeah i was wondering about that one yeah that's the one that i think is going to throw people for a loop on here it's it's the weird it's definitely the weirdest thing on there it's almost like a i call it almost like a chelsea wolf like kind of thing very female vocal very ethereal sounding there's a part in um this the track unspeakable aura which i think is track six um where there's kind of like a weird dissonant part and it was originally i was going to leave it with no vocals um but then I, i mix live sound like as a second job and i was mixing her band which is just like this kind of generic pop band called 25th hour and she and i was mixing them at a show near here and she had like a i thought for a female vocalist she had like this really great kind of like lower end spectrum range of vocal and i was like man this is like really it sounds like really folky almost and she was just but she could go all over the place you know up here down here and i just i just had an idea like man that would sound great over that part on the album so after that show was done i approached her and i would just ask her if she'd ever done anything like that if she ever did anything with a metal band or anything like that and she said no and i said hey well if you're interested i can send you some examples of kind of what i would be looking Mm. for and she listened to it and uh we gave her the lyrics and the next night she sent me just like kind of a rough recording of what it would sound like over the part and i was just like okay (laughs) yeah she actually did uh we layered five tracks of vocals uh on top of each other crazy harmony and stuff for her um that turned out really good so that's yeah it's cool because it's it's like you've got that in there but yeah you did make it to where it fits super well because it's like you the ethereal part i think is what makes it work it's not like it's some poppy thing i mean it's just yeah and it doesn't doesn't take you out of it because sometimes you'll have that you know what i mean where it's like whoa where did the the whole album doesn't have that all of a sudden it's there but i was impressed where it's like first listen through i almost i mean i noticed it right away but it doesn't it did not take me like out of it It, like it definitely helped i liked it a lot it was really cool and that's why i think that if if you approach that kind of stuff correctly it's not far off from what we do you know what i mean yeah And, and that's why i thought that as long as we do it the right way people will appreciate what it is that we're trying to do at that part and it's like the only part like that on the album where we really stretch out to something like unusual for us and i've been really enjoying the feedback that i've been seeing from the album like especially comments that i've seen like i'm really glad that outer heaven stuck to their sound and they didn't change their sound to like what's popular right now you know whatever you want to consider popular right now but I saw quite a few comments like that, and that was definitely, I really appreciated that, and I was glad people recognized that, because we definitely make a, we always were making a conscious effort to, we we were writing songs, and we have a whole folder full of scrapped songs from this album, where we were like, yeah, that just sounds like too far out of our, out of our range, you know, Mm. that it, it was like it wasn't quite our sound we were just pulling riffs out of thin air just if we had an idea just rock it see what we could do with it and uh, our songwriting actually kind of comes together a lot like that in the sense that my guys tend to write like in riffs so they're not really like 
like when they're writing, they're not like song focused. They're yeah. more, they're more focused on riffs and writing good riffs. And then we kind of have a, a folder in our Google drive, just full of riffs. And uh, it's all, I've always kind of taken it upon myself. And I, and some of the other guys would agree that uh, I'm pretty good at going through and kind of piecing together what, you know, what would eventually end up being the, the full song. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, start, let's jam on this riff. Okay. Now, what if we went from that riff to riff seven thirteen twenty one? You know, we just yeah, just yeah. just dated. <coughs> Excuse me. And they, I'm pretty good at piecing it together. I, I'm all, I've a, I'm particularly proud about having pieced together uh, Rotting Stone slash DMT. Uh, that was actually going to be two completely different songs, mm. and I, I had this huge like grand idea where we were gonna have like the dmt like the second half was going to be like a like a like an oral like audio acid trip you know and shit and no vocals it was just going to be like a deep dive into like fucking mania okay and that's why it has like that break with all like the crazy sound effects Mm -hmm. and stuff and we made all those with a keyboard and it was like but like we recorded those like the tracks for that break in the DM, Rotting Stone DMT like three years ago. And I sat on them like all this time. I just knew I wanted to have it and we were going to do something with it. So I just yeah. sat on it. But uh, we pieced that one together well. And that one ended up being like really, the structure was like so perfect. You know, that's why we like put all the effort into it. And it was the first single and everything. But mm-hmm. we do a lot of that kind of stuff. I think I'd call what our style a little less conventional, you know, than maybe. Oh, yeah. What I Especially see that's from- a good example of it too in that song because you it, it, you can t- I know what you're saying like now that you say that because it does have it's like those different vibes that uh, but it makes it uh, more interesting like I'm glad it's one song um, just because it does yeah. throw you a little bit I mean that is a cool outer heaven quality is that there is always a little bit more of that weirdness factor going on you know in the background and that's um, what that's what I mean too it's like we wanted to keep that element of our music present. And that's, I thought, okay, that's why on every song I tried we tried to do like something weird or something different, you know, whether it's just like dissonance or, you know, leads or cause the lead, like we have a lot of leads on this record, a lot yeah, of solos do. and stuff like we, and that's another thing too, that's probably worth mentioning is like, we have a lot of people playing on the album. So like Zach does like a majority of the solos on there. John has some kind of weird, like lava, like tray weirdness in some of the songs. And then we have Derek. Uh, he did the solo on Liquefied Mind, the second mm-hmm. single. And then we had um, Dave Suzuki doing the in the Rotting Stone DMT, the kind of back and forth solo. That's why the dueling solo part sounds like two different guitars going back and forth. Zach recorded his parts and left blank spaces oh, at, like cool. at every other, you know, like bar. And Dave Suzuki recorded it up like in Rhode Island or wherever they're from. That's so right. And he just he just did it all off the dome like that. And then like on the very last track, we have a solo from Brody from Rivers of Nile. Um, He's on there as well. You know, he's we've always kind of floated him around with those guys. But yeah, there's a lot of we love the collaborative stuff. You know, we love to have people be a part of what we're doing and especially when they're friends, you know, so that's always been cool for us. But yeah, we try to to be weird as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. That's cool. And that's cool too. um, Having, like you said, like, 
being the guy that's pretty good at uh like putting the puzzle pieces together you know because i feel like that's such a hang-up like anything i've ever done band wise it's like you get the riffs and then it's like you know how do you make it work where do you make it fit i mean that's like such an important part to have whether it's the whole band figuring it out or you have one guy that's good you know and i feel like um someone else just from hearing stories and things like that like trevor from the black dahlia murder like i feel like that was a big role for him as, as like band leader you know and like really figuring out where things go what you should do sound wise and the sound of the band and just having someone that can really do that it's like such an important part to me uh you know in the, of the band sure well you know song structure you know is, is about as important as it can get and it's, yeah. if you have a good ear for that stuff it definitely is helpful and obviously you know I don't write the music, so yeah. I'm not I'm not going to take credit for writing the music yeah. or anything. But I just have a a, a a a sense for putting the puzzle pieces together, which has always been helpful. I think when my guys are feeling stuck, you yeah. know, maybe in a particular song, and there's plenty of times, obviously, where you go put this here and it does not work, mm-hmm. you know. But you try it because you think you have something in your head and you think it's going to work, and it doesn't work, and you go, okay. yeah throw it to the side and it's just you know it's just you go through the motions it's there's just so much to it that i think people that don't realize that it's they don't some people might not appreciate like how really how difficult it really is to be writing this kind of music because there's just so much to it even when it comes to the vocals on any outer heaven song that you've ever listened to there's at least two vocal tracks going at any one time, if not three, if not four. Yeah, I feel like I was noticing that more, like on this one, just like the layers of it. Mm-hmm. And that's another one of those things that kind of adds to that, like that weird kind of factor, you know, that kind of just helps it out a little bit more. That comes from a my lifelong love of DSI. Oh and yeah, they always, <laughs> always do that. Low vocal, high yeah. vocal, always complementing each other. And uh, it's just, it's so mean. You can't do that naturally. You can't do like a, and like a thing at the same yeah. time. You know, it's like, you can't do it. So, but you what like a perfect example. Yeah. You like both sounds. So I'm going to take, here's my low vocal. Here's my high vocal always going like this separately. And I'm going to bring them in and it goes like that, you know, and it just, it's a huge vocal sound every time. That was always something that I, I just stole that from DSI. Yeah. You know, Pissgrave did the same thing. They do that live though too, which is awesome. Mm. And the singer plays with two microphones, one that's pitch shifted down oh. and then one that's like the high one. Okay. Then, that's kind of cool. <laughs> so that, that's cool. I would love to do that, but you have to stand like at the mic stand like yeah. in in one place, you know. Not doing and like, that, if yeah. I'm like walking around with the mic, I can't have like two microphones in this hand, you know, like <laughs> that. But it, it maybe one day for like a, a whatever, I'll I'll try it out. But yeah, I always thought it was a great sound. Yeah, no, that is cool, and that's a great example. I remember the first time hearing DSI. I think it was like the first album too. I mean, just hearing those vocals, like you said, the effect of the of both at the same time it was just so badass. Because I don't know of that era, I can't think of. Uh, a bunch of other examples from the early shit that did that, you know, no, to that effect. It was, it was pretty, I, I, it was pretty, it was pretty, I don't know if you want to call it revolutionary at the time, but it <laughs> yeah. was something, it, it was, it was something that elevated the sound, you know, which I, it, I've always been a huge, like, that's like my number one, like, influence on vocals is like DSI, Glenn Benton. It's just, they're so angry, yeah. so nasty. Yeah. My own, my, my only regret is that, 
image wise and lyric wise we took this band in the direction that it's in because i'd love to write some like evil like <laughs> dsi type shit yeah for this band i actually i actually considered if we ever did the um the third album and i and i chose to make the third album like a continuation of the first two having it be like the evil like record and like have everything be like kind of like geared like in a dsi style yeah I mean, we're talking about a fucking lifetime from now probably but <laughs> it's it, I, you know i'm already thinking about that kind of stuff yeah just something that'll differentiate it from the last two we right can do some different sounds and stuff don't yeah. hold me don't hold me to it you know but <laughs> it's whatever You're my guys have to do the uh the cross tat tattoo and everything if you go down that road yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, maybe one day <laughs> no but i uh that's funny because uh they were touring that uh they were touring legions there for a minute i didn't get to see it yeah um, i saw it did you yeah that just made i i was listening to it a bunch because i thought i was going to be able to make it to the show and uh just appreciating his vocals and like some of the rapid fire shit he does mm -hmm on some of that technical stuff and it, you know i've always loved deicide i've i just i've listened to the first one so much it's always like the one i'll throw on but then listening to legion so much i was like oh you know just like this is so fucking good and i really got like obsessed with it for like last year so i think that when i saw them on the tour where they were like playing legion in full it was like it happened right around the corner here at that club i was mentioning where on death was playing all the time and they managed to get that tour here and i was like oh, all right it's like so close to my house i was like this is awesome it's it's because if it's like on a weeknight it's not a big deal to go over yeah. there you know i work and have a kid it's hard to go out on a weeknight <laughs> but it's like man they were just killing the one thing i hate i don't almost say hate but they have the worst merch ever they they, they for the, all the times i play <laughs> i've played with them and seen them their merch is so bad. They need to stop. I'm gonna. I need to email them or something. I'm like, yo, yeah, I, you gotta do something about this. I, I I come to the DSI show and I'm like, dude, I'm ready to spend You're some ready money. To throw it out, yeah. And like, at the, we played with them once before in Philly, and they had like two like goofy cartoonish T-shirts, and they had a DSI mouse pad for your computer. <laughs> You know, and I was like, man, <laughs> they had no vinyl. Really? You know, I was like, dude, what the hell is this? They rolled, this is funny, actually. When we played with them, they rolled up to the gig in a Hummer. So they had a Hummer with a Florida license okay. plate, and it was hauling a like a little U-Haul trailer. And that's really? what they, and they were doing a tour at the time. So that's how they were touring, man. That was fucking, that's the most Florida <laughs> shit ever. Oh, that's funny, man. But they're, what they're, a band, what a dude. They're, yeah, they're 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 nice guys. You know, yeah. we shot shot the shit with them a little bit. I was a little bit intimidated, you know, oh, yeah. talking to them just because I was like, man, this is like such a big influence for me. I don't want to sound like an idiot, you know. But yeah, as far as <laughs> as influences go, that's like a huge one for me. And yeah. know, I, I'm glad we got to see them and pl and play with them when we have. It's just I like took the the show flyer and I like framed it. I have it in the other room over here. I was like, I yeah. played at DSI. Like I gotta like you know, I gotta. <laughs> make sure that i remember this like when i'm fucking 75 years old yeah but yeah <laughs> they're, they're a good band you know there's a lot of bands that influence people in ways like that that like i feel like people can hear it like with our music right away you know you hear the morbid in us you hear yeah. the dsi in us you hear the cannibal in us but it's not a clone of that stuff you know yeah you melt it all together put your own little thing on it yeah yeah that's what you want Sure. And that's why I always, that's why I always thought was one of our strengths was that we were able to kind of 
be a perfect like melting pot of our mm-hmm. influences, but still kind of have our own sound, you know, as much as we yeah, can. Man. I've had this conversation with my buddies a lot, like comparing like newer death metal now that's still in the like older school style compared to like the classics. Are they better? Are they not? The stupid bullshit conversations. But like, um, well, I think that's one of the best things about any of the newer ones is like you guys, or I think of like, uh, neck rot you know just bands that like you know they like these other bands and whatnot but it's not they're not not a copy no i mean it's not just they're not just playing bolt thrower riffs they're not just doing that thing or whatever it's um, you know what i mean it's their own thing and i think you guys do that i think they do i mean there's just a lot of bands now that do it and I, i love that you know you get a little bit of uh variety out of something that still sounds true to like you know the sound yeah and that's you know it's not always easy it's not as easy as it sounds you know yeah, I'm sure. e- it can be easy to you know if you want to play music that sounds like bolt thrower because you like bolt thrower and you want to sound like bolt thrower go ahead you know yeah but at a point it's going to hit a wall in my opinion because how how long can you copy another band for before it just stops becoming interesting you know yeah everybody's heard this music before i'm not saying we have the most original band in the world but it's again a carbon copy of your influences is gonna dry up yeah quickly yeah i mean hey it can be fun it can be cool i mean not that i don't ever listen to that kind of stuff because i do you know but uh but yeah point being i appreciate when there is that like everything's coming together it comes out as something a little different you know yeah yeah you guys definitely stuck to that i also um really i don't know if i I haven't listened to the last one in a minute but i felt like there was even more like uh little touches like little details like uh listening into like some of the riffs where like maybe one different band might just play the riff as it is whereas like i'm listening and i'm hearing like whether it's just throwing in some extra pinch harmonics or like the slides or, 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 you know, one of the guys is playing something a little different, you know, to make it more interesting. Like I thought that was cool. And I don't know, maybe you were already doing that on the last one. I think you were, it was already sounding pretty detailed before, but just another one of those things to like elevate it beyond just simple, you know, I think that's, I think that comes from in large part, like before the realms, we were writing everything with one guitar player. So everything had to be written in a way that one guitar player mm. could play it, play it live. And then when we, when Zach joined us and was playing guitar, Zach came from more of like a thrashy kind of background where they have lots of stuff like that, you know, little nuances to the fast riffing and everything that just kind of elevate the whole riff. And that, that, I think that's where a lot of it comes from listening to a lot of gore guts, you know, mm-hmm. might do that, might do that too, to us. Yeah, you know, yeah. and even even Cannibal Corpse does that. You know, they you have a lot of like this guy's sliding and this guy's tapping and they're tapping and sliding and they're sliding and tapping <laughs> and it's like yeah, it sounds great. You know, so you yeah, know, you, you can you can snag those little things, you know, and kind yeah. of turn them into your own. But it's it's been quite a journey to get to where we are now especially when we lost a couple years in there just with covid and all you know it's crazy to think that we've been a band for 10 years (laughs) you know because like we started off kind of slow because we were just doing this on the side of our guitar player john's other band and we were just doing this in between tours with the other band and stuff and then we kind of started elevating ourselves a little bit when he left the other band and 
then we had like the demo and then we had like the 12 inch ep on melatov records and then that started kind of getting us a little bit of buzz and it was around that time that we were just trying to play 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 and do tours and do whatever because we had crappy jobs and we didn't have girlfriends or wives and we were just out playing and doing whatever and then we were like okay we have to then we wrote the song death worship which is on the four-way split we had with gay creeper and scorched and all that and that was like okay we're coming to terms here now with like what we really want this to sound like that was our first track that was like death metal in vain of what we do now and it it kind of pushed us in the direction where we've landed and so then we were like okay we need to keep doing this so then we were actually writing for realms um when we wrote um wow what the fuck is the song called <laughs> i'm really forgetting the name of our own track oh my god okay <laughs> it's been so long since we th touched it or thought about it or did yeah. anything with it is it death worship that i'm thinking of maybe not death worship was our track okay i feel like an idiot but <laughs> it was a track that you had before oh, realms it, uh, into hellfire that's the okay track i was gonna guess that because i was the only yeah. single i could think of I, we haven't played, <laughs> I haven't thought about it. We haven't played it in like years. Yeah. Uh, but so, yeah, we did Death Worship and then we were into Hellfire was actually going to be a track on okay. Realms. And we had had it written for Realms. And we were like, man, we really should, we really wanted to start shopping ourselves around maybe to some labels who would be interested in doing the, the, the album that would eventually become Realms. So we took that and we recorded it and we, made the music video and we made that music video ourselves we shot the whole thing with us and all friends and everything and we put it all together in a little tied a little bow on it and we sent it around to labels hey we basically have a finished album here ready to be recorded here's what it's going to sound like pretty much and here's a track boom there you go and we were getting all kinds of interest uh blood harvest 20 bucks spin and all these you know your standard things and relapse was kind of stringing us along at the time and we were actually going to take a deal with somebody else and relapse was still like in our email like up to the, the last second and then so uh i sent them one final last ditch email which was hey on friday we're gonna sign a, a deal with blood harvest so if you guys are interested you need to let us know before friday yeah and i, I got we got an email the next morning and it was like <laughs> hey we're interested. Do you want to yeah. come into the office to meet with us? Their yeah. office is like not far from here. Their um, uh, their upper Darby office. So we went there. We shot the shit. They said, here's how our deals typically work. Walked around the office. They gave us a bunch of free stuff and we took off and said, okay, they sent us a first draft of a, of a contract and we had to get like a lawyer and all this stuff. It was, <laughs> it was stuff that we weren't really used to. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I had actually gate creeper had signed to relapse not long before then. So I actually called chase and I was like, chase, what do I do? Like, did you guys use a lawyer? Like what lawyer did you use? And so <laughs> he gave me the name of their entertainment lawyer. And yeah. this entertainment lawyer is great. I have not spoken to him once since we signed this deal, but he, he did all these fancy little tricks and stuff. And he even made the relapse pay the fee, his fee on our behalf. <laughs> nice. so, we, so we didn't have to pay him or anything. I was like, this is, right. this is, 
it's just, it was like so so much business you know that we had yeah. never we had never done any vinyls and stuff we did before was just like a handshake deal you know yeah. or, and it was nothing crazy but <laughs> it, it it's relapse has been huge for us you know and they they support us a lot and they do they put a lot into us into this band so i feel like you always hear that about them like i've never you're certain labels you'll hear the bullshit about i mean i've never heard anything bad from from relapse yeah you know i mean there's people who you know everybody complains about something yeah, but yeah. it's like at our time with them has been great you know and we don't tour full-time or anything and they don't pressure us you yeah. know they know what our limitations are and we told them that from the very first meeting that we had with them and it was just uh, it's been a great relationship with them you know and we have a three i think a three album deal with them so you know we still got one in the chamber to do with them and then that's why i wanted to kind of do the trilogy you know yeah boom boom outer heaven trilogy on relapse and they've been really great to us and they send us stuff and they send me records constantly i just hit them up like hey can i i i haven't gotten a i call it a box like, Yo, can i can i get a box and that means hey can i get all the, the new stuff since yeah, like yeah. my since my last box which is you know they know in my last box was but i just got one from them but they're really so super nice about it and they always cool. hook us up and if we need anything they, they got it handled yeah so, it's a it's a good relationship with them and i'm glad that they i'm glad that they're a, a, a diverse label because i feel like we fit well on a more diverse label mm. that, that more so than like a maggot stomp or yeah. a, a 20 buck spin or you know and stuff like that not that there's anything wrong with those labels at all it's just that they have their focus you know for their mm -hmm. type of music relapse is like all over the board with like, yeah. <laughs> it's like boom here 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 and you know it's nice because it it draws in maybe different types of people to the label, maybe different types of people to your music, just by having yeah. such a diverse catalog. Oh yeah, no, I love that. And but it's you know they it's diverse, but it's generally you know you get a lot of quality. It's just pretty good quality control, you know. So when you're yeah. checking something on them, even if it's not your thing, it's not usually going to be bad, you know. Yeah, I, you you can tell that it's like good for what it is. You yeah, know, yeah. even if if you're not like a huge fan of it, like there's some things that they do that I'm like, yeah, I get what this is, you know, and I can tell that it's good. Do I, is it my favorite thing in the world? No. I mean, yeah, for it, sure. It's, that's not really a disparaging comment or anything. It's no. just, it's just, you know, it's not, for, not everything's for everyone, but I love that they do it. I like the fact that they are willing to, to do that and work, you know, across a lot of different genres. So speaking of just like music in general, uh, when I talked to Zach, he had said you were the dude in the band that like was always checking out the new stuff, um, as, if I remember as, correctly. <laughs> as, as, mu as much as I can, yeah. yeah. So wh what kind of stuff recently or just kind of from the year, whatever, is there anything that's been like exciting you this year at all or recently stuff? I've actually been doing this thing. Uh, there was a, I always listen to new metal. I listen to a lot of country believe it or not nice and just that's just like a thing from growing up around it i just but, did a whole um thing i don't know when if it'll be up before this or after but with uh nate from spirit adrift yeah and we just did pretty much 90 percent of it was just we just talked country outlaw yeah, stuff yeah. old stuff the classics he's, uh, he's definitely a country lifer yeah yeah and yeah, that's why i love him fun. he's a cool <laughs> dude i've actually been doing this thing recently where and i do this i do this 
periodically. I did I did something similar to this once where I found this book at the thrift store and it was a hundred albums you have to listen to before you die book. Yeah. And okay. I was like, okay, I'm going to go through this book and I'm going to listen to every single album out of this book in full, even if I've already heard it. Yeah. And that's I, cool. lis- I listened to the entire book in order from a hundred down to one to some crazy shit in there, you know, <laughs> that I don't know how it made it onto the top hundred of all time, but you know, I listen to it anyway. I, I really enjoy finding new music of any genre Yeah, that I haven't, even if it doesn't have to be new, it just, you know, you, so you. I, I've been doing this thing where like, I'm sure you've seen those music, uh, those videos on YouTube, the what's in my bag videos yeah. from, from, from Amoeba. Yeah. So I went, I started with the most recent video and I just do this while I'm at work. I sit at my desk, I pull up a video and I've been doing this in order. I'm still doing it. I've been doing it in order. Start with the most recent video and I've just been working my way backwards. I open the video, I hit the info thing to drop it down and they have the whole list right there of everything mm. they talk about in the video. And I just, I just, obviously I've heard some of the albums before, but if it's an album I never heard, I flip it over to Spotify. I put it in and I listen to it and I've been making this playlist on my phone of like the best mm. ones. So, uh, I have, uh, cool. I have it pulled up right here. So like, there's a, a lot of stuff that I like either just kind of, I knew, I knew the band, but I didn't listen to it or I hadn't listened to it in a long time. So like, as I'm scrolling through here, like, uh, something called Bronco Mataja, hmm. never heard of such a thing. Mm-mm. And so like no. I'm listen I'm listening to this and you're like, okay, Bronco Mataja, if I'm saying that right. Yeah. You're like, what is this? You know? Yeah. And but you see the, the album cover is super cool. And so, you know, if it's something that I really like, I'll try to hit it on Wikipedia or something to figure out about it. So this like Bronco Mataja, born nineteen twenty-three, died in the year two thousand. Was born in a small coastal town of Bakar, now known as Croatia. And then he moved to Yugoslavia. It's this kind of, you know, you're like, okay, what the hell is this? And it's kind of like, it's like a folk country acoustic guitar and vocal. And it's like a, there's a bunch of tracks on the album. It's probably got like 20 tracks and they're all in another language. And he sings in whatever that language would be. I'm I'm not worldly enough to know what it is. Yeah. I was like, damn, this is awesome. You know, I love telling people about this stuff because it's like, okay, maybe somebody will go listen to this. This has been, this has been sitting in the depths of Spotify, you know? (laughs) Yeah. 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 And then like, and I was listening, I was watching that show, the bear on Hulu and I watch everything with subtitles. So every time a song comes on it, the, the, the song title comes up or the, and uh, this album by the replacements came up. And so I was like, oh, that song sounds cool. I don't know how I never listened to this in my life. You know, Which one was that? Uh, it's the, it's called Pleasure to Meet Me oh, yeah, by yeah, The Replacements. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sure that's probably like the most popular album by them. I never listened to it, you know? Oh, wow. It just yeah. slid under, or maybe I heard the songs. I didn't know who it was, but, you know, stuff like that. And I find it in, the, in weird places. I got this thing called, uh, it's, it's a collaborative album between Swami, John Reese, and The Blind Shake. And okay. it's called Modern Surf Classics. And it's like all music that like sounds like it's from like a surf, like a surf compilation, like in a movie. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's like, stuff like that. Dude, I love this shit. It's, yeah. I never heard it, you know? And I'm like, a couple of Bo Diddley albums. This is like all non-metal stuff. Yeah. You hardly you hardly can find somebody recommending metal in these Amoeba music what's right. in my bag videos. But like, there's a lot of hip hop too and stuff. I listened to Gangstar, you know, a bunch, but um, I had never listened to this particular Gangstar album, Hard to Earn by Gangstar. Okay. Um, I think it's like uh, early 90s, might be like a 93, 94 or something, or something like that. And then um, Stephen Stills, one of his solo albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's called Never Manassas, Manassas by Stephen Stills. Cool looking album. Uh, super cool Mahavishnu Orchestra collaboration with John McLaughlin. Had a cool cover. I was like, "Yeah, this is cool." I'm really just scrolling up through my list here, but yeah. it's a it's a pretty deep list that I had put together. Um, this really cool compilation of songs by Freddie King. I really like like old R&B, soul like Earth, Wind and Fire, okay. like kind of stuff. My whole when my wife and I got married, I made a I made the playlist for the DJ, and it yeah. was only '80s music. Yeah, okay. It was only music that was from the eighties. So and I had a lot of like funk and stuff running around in there. Yeah, yeah. It's nice when I can find some, you know. I I, your your parents get into that kind of stuff or like where just picked it up along the way. Yeah, I just (laughs) it was just randomly I was like, Yeah, this is just it's just you know, it's got a nice groove and stuff. And you, it, a lot of a lot of you'd be surprised how many metal drummers especially draw a lot of influence from funk and stuff mm. i mean dave grohl who's not like a metal drummer per se but you know he can play yeah. he can smack a drum and he he used to talk in interviews about how all those those real groovy drum beats like in their, all the nirvana records he just stole them from funk stuff that he was listening oh, okay. to like at the time he's like Yo, <laughs> i got this i got this beat from this like funk record and that and I'm like, yeah, that's fucking awesome. You know, yeah. it's groovy. It's super groovy. But, you know, we don't have to go through my whole entire list here. But I mean, it goes all over the place. There was oh, one interesting. There was, you know, I got Porter Wagner and Dolly Parton album they did together that I really liked on here. Um, and there's one in particular that I'm trying to find here that I thought was really cool. Um, Willie Thrasher. This is like a like a Native American. I think he, okay. might, be, he might be Native American. And he uh, did this kind of cool, like acoustic country album with all these like weird percussion and stuff. And then um, I'm just trying to scroll up till I find this one, just so I can remember to to, uh, mention it, just because I really liked it. Well, yeah, King Crimson. Everybody knows King Crimson, but uh, this album, this King Crimson album in particular, I hadn't listened to a lot. Which one was it? So um, Red. Okay. Yeah, and I hadn't yeah. listened. I hadn't listened to that one a lot, but it just kind I've of. I've only me. ever dabbled in them, you know, just just to yeah. check it out and like, oh, this is cool, but never like, never spent a ton of time on it. Yeah, and it's like um, the one album that I was looking for, which is right here, which is uh, it's by George Duke. Okay. It's called. Where the hell did you go? Fucking idiot! I'm just scrolling on my phone. But... <laughs> This one's worth checking out. So okay, um, it's called. Uh, I'll look it up. Dream on by George Duke. It's like a, it's like POV of the Earth from the Moon, and there's like a guitar 
on the cover. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty Dream cool. Dream on. By George Duke. Oh, he's got a, he's got a lot of shit here. Yeah, I'm sure he's uh, got a pretty decent discography. Yeah. And, that, and that's the thing. You find one um, album by him, and then you can kind of flow backwards through the discography if you if you like that album. You know? Yeah. doesn't always work, but my uh, uh, over my vacation that I was just on, I was with my in-laws, and they're more, they look more country and stuff. So in the car and stuff, I was playing more of the country stuff, and I was playing uh, Dude and Juanita from Sturgill mm-hmm. Simpson. I love that man. Yeah, uh, dude. Sturgill, Sturgill, one. Sturgill Simpson's one that really hits me in the gut with some of his stuff. His his discography is like so nuts. It's like here and here, <laughs> yeah, and here, and here and here, and everything he does is unbelievable. And he kind of went back to like his bluegrass thing. My one of my biggest moments in my life that I was I could not have been more pissed off than this moment was when he put out the rock album. Yeah, and you know he was gonna he was touring on that album and he was basically just playing that whole album he was playing it with the full band with the keyboard player and all these guys and we had tickets to see him and me and my buddy bought floor basically standing room for sturgill on that tour and like this is the day where they were like covid is spreading across china and then it was like then like (laughs) two days later they were like first case of covid in united states and then this is the day where they were like we're shutting everything down (laughs) and this right here is the day that i was going to see sturgill like on friday and we were like waiting around like they didn't cancel the show yet they didn't cancel the show yet (laughs) like the morning of the show i remember that and then years went by, and he didn't never did it again. He just yeah. does it, he just does his bluegrass thing now, you know. Is and that what he's touring on the bluegrass stuff? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, the the set lists and stuff that I've seen of him over the last like year or two have just been a lot of the you know those cut and grass versions of yeah. the songs and stuff. Oh, okay, and there's some you know some of his sailors guide to earth stuff. That's and, when I saw him was on the sailors tour. Yeah, so it was mostly that stuff, which was it was great, but. And I mean, I'd see him in in any capacity, yeah. but I was just like, man, I love this album. I pre-ordered that album, and it was like, um, it was like the it was like two days before the the street date, and I hadn't gotten my vinyl yet, and I hadn't gotten tracking for my vinyl yet, and I was like, what the fuck? I want this on the release day. So uh, it was the release day came, and I still hadn't gotten it, and I was like, fuck it. I went out to the store and I bought it at the store at the record shop just so I could have it on the release day because i just really wanted i really wanted to listen to it yeah. at home so and then like a day later my copy showed up but i have the like exclusive red and then i have the blue or the clear or whatever so now i got to manage to get two decent copies of it but i was like i gotta have it on the release day i need i need it but yeah you know as far as like metal goes oh, what the fuck am i listening to after the finishing the album and stuff, I like wasn't listening to much metal. Just take a break for a while. Yeah, I was like, I need I to like that. recharge. But uh, recently, I've been listening to like uh, I just picked up a copy on vinyl of the new that latest Faces Burial album, mm. the Desolate, mm. uh, whatever the hell, at the yeah. foot, foothills of desolation or something like that. Uh, yeah, I, I've been I, I've been spinning that one a lot. I really we always were big fans of those guys. And I really liked the production, especially like the yeah. low key, the low key production, like on this newest one, I thought sounded really awesome. Very cool. It wouldn't work for us, but it was very cool for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually just bought a, uh, a co- this really weird, uh, it's like a, they call it a little pizza box. And it's this exclusive like UK release of the latest, the last Necrod album. 
uh, and it's like a, it's literally like a little mini like personal pizza box, and it's got the <laughs> Necrock cover on it, and it's got all oh, these really? hand numbered, and uh, it comes with a cassette and all kinds of exclusive stuff inside. Oh, so that's right. Out in my garage, I have like a stereo with a cassette player that if I'm out there doing stuff, I throw some of the cassettes in. So I've been yeah. listening to that on there. And I always, I dabble in everything. If there's anything that's out there that I see anyone post about or that is worth listening to in any capacity, I've listened to it yeah. or at least tried to listen to it. <laughs> it's just because I work, I work so much. It's just like, I, it's hard to listen to metal at work. You know, it's yeah. it can be distracting, and or if I'm playing music like out loud at my desk, I try to play something that's like you know you're not going to make people pissed off all day. Right, so, right. You know that's why I, I float around some of the other stuff, but you know, obviously I listen to metal. It's just <laughs> you know on a day to day basis, it's easier to listen to, to some other things. But I I I, I was listening to a, a lot. I got a bunch of cool uh, copies on clear of like the entire dying fetus discography from the relapse guys oh, and cool. so I, I was recently listening to a bunch of basically the entire dying fetus discography uh down here in my basement and then they started they announced a new album today yeah yeah and i was like oh yeah, that's cool you know i was channeling some energies yeah, yeah. but but they um yeah that's basically you know kind of the gist of what i listen to on a semi-regular basis just i always try to find new stuff i'm always looking for like a way to like when the end of the year comes around and they start doing like best albums of the year it's and the best I, time <laughs> I, you know i can i can ignore the metal ones i've listened right. to i've listened to everything on the metal yeah one. i go to like the rolling stone and i do the Vice same and the whatever and i'm like okay let's find all the stuff I, that kind of slipped under my radar this year and so I consider myself to be pretty well versed in mainstream music just as well as metal or anything else, just because I, I enjoy music because it's music, you know, yeah, not man. A, I'm a the same way. I feel that hundred percent metal I mean, only elitist or anything. <laughs> yeah. 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 I pay so much attention throughout the year to the metal releases. I try to, I have so many more like sources mm -hmm. for all the metal stuff. So it's always getting filtered to me. So I don't miss as much of that, but I do miss a lot more of the other stuff. So I'm the same way. As soon as those lists start coming out, you know, that's when I really try to catch up on anything that I missed from the year. That wasn't exactly, metal, you know, that's what it's nice being like a vinyl, a big vinyl collector, because that's like a good opportunity to grab a bunch of different kind of stuff you know and ha own a lot of different copies because vinyl has like such a big resurgence that it's like i you can buy hip-hop metal hardcore and punk and stuff we're playing with that band cruelty oh coming, yeah coming up and i i picked up one of their records recently i guess their most untopia i think it's called that new one yeah that was cool I, yeah. I, I listen. I listened to them a bit before we got we were playing the show with them, but I was like, "All right, I'm going to dig into this a little bit more." And uh, I, I liked it. I thought it was yeah. definitely cool, kind of a heavy, slammy, hardcore kind of thing. And the uh, yeah, then we got we got our record release show coming up um, that I booked. I hate booking shows, but the only shows I ever book are for this band. So it's like. I got a pretty eclectic lineup. I always try. One thing I always try to do whenever I, I personally book a show is I try to get some younger bands, at least one younger band, because everyone in a band was that younger band at one point and right. begged to be on a show, a cool show, you know, and 
you know, we were there and I remember the feeling. So I always try to put at least one new or younger band on and I try to mix, mix, make it a variety. So like for our record release show, I thought I did a pretty decent job of that. I have stabbed, uh, they're on maggot stomp. We right just, on, yeah. we're friends with those guys, uh, from their other bands. And, you know, when we've like their drummer, uh, like just roadied for us on a couple tours and okay. stuff. And, um, then I have Hoth who mm-hmm. are like from New Jersey, not far from us. And, you know, they're more of like a techie kind of death metal band. Yeah. So already you've got us, which is kind of like an in-between stabbed, which is like more of like a brutal, like heavy mm-hmm. metal band. Hoth more of just like a straight up techie metal band. And then you've got, um, then I got two younger bands or some younger kids. First band is called Hematoid. If you okay. never listened to them, they have like a three song demo out there from Philly. Uh, just young dudes playing some really sick, like grimy, like old death metal hmm. and the very cool Hemat- stuff. Okay. I'm going to check yeah. that out. Yeah. Hematoid from Philly three song demo, I think is, was what they have right yeah. now. They were obviously. And then, uh, I decided to mix it up with a hardcore band and, uh, this band called damage control. Okay. Um, and they, they play kind of that, uh, that kind of what's popular right now. Like, slant like what they call like hardcore and slam like mixed together almost you know yeah okay. kind of like a tsunami and mm-hmm. stuff like that so you know they're heavy but they're it not like, they're not quite a metal band and you know so we've got like a grimy old school death metal <laughs> band or like kind of heavy hardcore band a techie metal band you know a heavy kind of maggot stomp style death metal band and then us you know yeah that's so, cool. That's yeah, good we variety. Got, and we got a bunch of like unannounced festivals and stuff that we're doing this year and next year already. This happens every time we put out an album. All of a sudden, the emails and all the things start coming. Yeah. So yeah, we got tons of stuff unannounced right now. We probably got like ten things unannounced. Okay, that's cool. Festivals and stuff. Um, we're gonna be in Texas, Minneapolis. Uh, we might even go to Mexico. Um. And then we're going to be in Montreal and Toronto in September. Uh, we're playing Two Mold is playing some shows, and we're going to play with Two Mold and Undeath in Toronto, and then with Two Mold again in Montreal the next day. That's a cool show, man. I, I'm thinking. I don't know if it's is it sold out yet. I was thinking about making the trek up is there it far. For is it far for you, dude? I don't know because we were just up there for in Toronto. That was like four hours. I don't know. I haven't even looked oh. to see where Montreal is, but that's not too bad. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you can manage your way out, I don't know many people there, so I'm sure if it's sold out, I can help you out. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I'm thinking hard. It's just that's just a sick lineup. Yeah, uh, it, it's going to be cool, and there's some other things around it that are coming too. Uh, that you know will make it even cooler when they come. So yeah, we can't say too much about it, but right, just right, yeah. Keep your, keep your eyes and ears peeled because. Uh, <laughs> It'll give you an excuse to go. That's for sure. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. Cool. Lots of things going on. Yeah. You know, finally, just, right? Yeah. You know, we just we took a little downtime to write, laid low off shows and stuff, and now come, trying to come back with a bang. Yeah. As, as much as we can. A lot you of people, said two weeks, right? Two weeks till it comes out? Yeah. So the 21st of July, which is 11th be, today. Yeah. You have 10 more days. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, like I said, I mean, I, I've been, I've only listened, I've only uh, been listening to it for a few days, but uh, 
it already was just like it was it was easy just like let it keep running you know sure some albums you can't do it but yeah i was just letting it run through and yeah big time big fan of that so i I think that's a big improvement we made over the last album was we we we, originally the album was only going to be like eight songs and then we were like trying to create like a track listing and we were like nah like we we couldn't get something that was like as cohesive as we liked so we were like all right we need to write another song that okay. like, kind of sounds like this to break up this and this you know and that's kind of how we ended up with 12 songs just because we needed we wanted to have a like a really nice flow on this album and that's why that's actually why we wrote the track palisite chambers mm. which was like the last track that we put on there um because we wanted something that was just like a little bit more lighthearted metal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like the groovy stuff. If you took all the groovy stuff out of Carcass, that's like what that track basically is. <laughs> it's a cool track. It kind of does stand out there towards the end. I know what yeah. you're talking about. And it's a, it breaks up those last two track, the last like three tracks really well. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and that's what, because you have like, you have Unseekable Aura, which is like a five minute track, Rotting Stone DMT, which is like a seven minute track, Star Crusher, which is like a four minute, just like brutal assault on your ears. And then you're like, okay, <laughs> boom, boom, boom. I'm, I'm exhausted from these last three yeah. tracks. All right, let's hit the little like two and a half minute jammer right there, a little lighter. Then we're going to go back into like the heavy shit for like the last two songs. Yeah, yeah. You know? It works so well. It's all about the flow and stuff. But yeah, I think I, I like to think we uh we did a pretty decent job at oh, it. Yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> it's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate it, dude. Uh, I think we're good. I don't want to take too much of your night up here. Uh, I appreciate it. I'm starting to sweat my ass off. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I'm up in my bonus room. I don't have any air up here, and if I run yeah. fans, you know, it sounds like shit. So yep. <laughs> toughing it out. But yeah, man, I appreciate it, and uh, hopefully, yeah, see you guys live again. Because to this day, still seeing you guys is like on my top five live shows man i think i was telling maybe zach that too but i mean yeah just we, definitely we, if we you guys out try. there listening haven't seen fucking outer heaven live it's better than you even think it's gonna be i don't know how you guys do it but yeah, i appreciate it we certainly try hard so yeah. i appreciate that yeah man cool all right dude we'll hopefully see you at a show or something or talk in the future dude yeah man i appreciate it thanks so thanks so much